We're live? Yep. Beautiful. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of the Badlands Boys podcast. You've got me. We've got Anthony. How are you doing, buddy? I'm all good, thank you. Daniel, how are you? Yeah, all right. Not bad. And tonight we have a, a special guest with us for the first time. Paul, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, Paul. Yeah, I uh, came here on business five years ago and I'm still here. <laughs> uh, and uh, in the meantime, I'm just trying to brush up on what has happened here and what we know about the area and you know, what, what we can gain from the various little uh, sites that we see because they all have a story to tell, but there's not much documented. So it's interesting putting these parts together. Couldn't have put it better myself. Right, so today we're going to be talking about Cornish stories, legends, myths, things like that, you know, because uh, quite frankly there's a lot of folklore and uh, history especially associated with Cornwall. I mean, you've got, for example, like pixies, you've got the uh, the Cornish knockers, you've got different kind of spirits and witches, and you've got pagans, you know, there's there's all kinds of things in different parts of Cornwall. So there's things that we got to talk about, you know, and I've, uh, I've found a little nice little list of some that I'd like to talk about. And we'll see if uh, we'll see if it triggers any memories in in our, our Cornish boys Anthony and Daniel. Who knows? They might even uh, they might even get possessed or something. But that's fine. We'll just we'll just gloss over that. So we're going to start with uh, Ralph's cupboard. Do you guys know about the uh, the giant Ralph? I haven't heard of Ralph. You haven't heard of Ralph? Oh, okay. <laughs> is, that, is that Camborne? Or is that? Um, it's uh, it's it's over by um, Dead Man's Cove in Portreath. Never heard of him. No, you don't know about Ralph's cupboards. Never heard of him. Yeah, he, he also goes by the name Wrath, if that yeah. helps. I might have heard, yeah, back in primary school time. Yeah, that might have come up in one of the. I probably did, didn't it? It's, it's yeah. what you learn. Yeah, yeah. You learn about giants. Right. So, um, legend goes that uh, it's the dead, dead man's cove specifically. It's like a, it's just a little cove. It's a little collapsed sea cave right near the dead man's cove. Is uh, Ralph's cupboard. And um, it was home to a particularly fierce giant, Wrath, or Ralph. He would lie in wait for passing ships, which he would attack, stealing their cargo and devouring the crew. The loot from the ships would be tucked away in his cupboard. And then when ships began avoiding that area, Ralph continued with his evil ways, hurling the huge boulders that litter this coast at the ships and sinking them from afar. Some arm on him. That's, oh. that's, pretty, that's a pretty cool little, yeah. you know, there's not much else on him, but... Quite frankly, even just that little little tidbit of Ralph's cupboard, a giant who lives in a cave and hoards Protecting treasure, that's, that's pretty cool in my opinion. Huh? Yeah. It sounds like it needs like, investigating. Yeah. We need to, we need to like, invest in a boat, get around there. And, and go, and, uh, you know, I mean, if it's a collapse cave, I don't know how much of it you can go into, but the idea is pretty cool. Yeah. Who knows, there could actually be treasure in there. I don't know how much treasure, but you know, I, I like the idea of it. It's exciting. Yeah, it makes sense because that's right in the corner of a bay with quite a large headland stretching out into the uh, the Irish Sea there. So once you're into that area with a southwest wind, predominant wind, you wouldn't get out in a hurry. I mean, you can't really so, dodge a hurling oh, boulder then, can you? No, no. <laughs> what are you so, going to do when you see that coming? You say, Captain, I think we're going down. <laughs> certainly in a rough sea, you'd feel like somebody was chucking boulders at you if you got into that area. <laughs> Definitely. Maybe that's how the myth came to be because that's how they described I think it's a very good description of being caught and trapped in there. And maybe someone took it a little bit too literal. Maybe. You know what? Could be. I mean, that's that's the thing with these legend stories and myths. You never really know where they come from. It's just like rumours almost. You know, you just kind of hear about it from somebody who's heard it from somebody and just passes down along the way. then if you think about it, it goes down on a strange tangent because Mm -hmm. myths and stuff about um, giants and all that. At first, when I was a youngster, I thought, 
nah, there's no giants around on this earth, no way. And then, and then when you kind of like delve off and go down these little routes on the interweb, it, I found like a few which are like mentioned giants out in Iraq. Oh, right. Caves in Iraq, and apparently there was a troop of, I think it was like eight or so soldiers walking past this cave, and then I think they heard some sort of like noise or growling or something. And this is obviously fairly recent, like Iraq, you know. Mm. And um, and the next one they knew, they saw this huge like giant ginger. Which is strange. You wouldn't expect that hair color over there. Ginger giant came out, Ginger and I think giant. two killed two killed two soldiers. I love it. I'm hoping I'm not confusing this with like a film. <laughs> you, I mean, I I, I have a look it. into it. Have a look into it. Check it out. I love I love the idea of of some war torn people in Iraq. <laughs> they have to report back to command, like you know, they've lost some of their men and shit. Oh my god, what's what's happening, <laughs> sir? Sir, we got attacked by a ginger giant. <laughs> They'd be like, "What the fuck are you on about, okay. ginger giant?" I'm gonna have a look into it, but after after I can believe that, that in like Ireland or something, yeah. but Iraq, that is so random. But after that's reading about that, I was like, "Oh, maybe, maybe bolster and all that. Maybe that did." Oh yeah, you know. that's that's another one we get to cover today. Yeah, it was probably exaggerated a lot. Mm. <laughs> Ginger giant. Who knows, there, there is evidence out there of bones being found. Mm. Of really big people. Yeah. That's fair. Right, we're going to move on to um, the, just a little tidbit about the uh, the Hell's Mouth because obviously you know got a great name and I was like oh it's got to be like a cool story with it and everything. Mm. It's um it's not really. There's just a lot of uh, landslides and sad collapses and quite frankly a lot of people who who believe they hear voices whenever they go check it out and it convinces them to hurl to their death there's even a, um, a viral video in october 2011 that has over two million views on youtube about um literally just just a big collapsing happening at the hell's mouth really just yeah two million views? over two million views don't know why it's, right. it's literally just like a landslide just just that's it um anyway so we're going to talk about um let's see where is it oh there was a, there was a story about a man who leapt to his death after finding his home burnt to the ground and his sister missing. And it said that before a storm, his screams are still heard ricocheting off the steep sides of the cavern. Just a bit, just a bit spooky. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, well, could that explain why some people are jumping off to their death? Are they going out at the wrong kind of time at night? I, I, don't, I don't really know. I didn't really want to find out more details about the people jumping to the death. Yeah. That's a bit, it's a bit, oh, it's a bit too was, yeah, dark and real. Yeah, I, yeah. I know we went for a walk there. And, uh, like it's a, it's a beautiful place. Yeah, it's really stunning. Yeah. But I remember hearing about all this, and we went just for a walk over that way. And then, I think a few days later, yeah, a few days later, I heard that two days before we went there, someone had like, leapt off. And it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's, and then, I mean, because, I mean, we went there even recently, and it's just people walking there like like they have mm. no clue that that's just such a dangerous place yeah, or you know has there. such a dark history with it it's just it's just incredible you know but i've heard there's going to be like people who go over there which is quite like really nice and like volunteer and they'll just kind of like walk along the path making sure that you know oh, that's that's quite good like a, yeah, yeah a suicide watch kind of yeah. thing. that's yeah. that's considerate mm-hmm. it's always the case with these places you know that are westernmost and high like golden gate bridges and all which people just gravitate further and further west until they hit the end of the road, which is uh, a big expanse of water. And something at that point just... That's kind of... Just like yeah, compels just, them, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's nowhere else left to go. You've, you've hit the end. It's, um, 
Yeah, it's often the case it's, it's the west facing places. Hmm. It's an interesting it interesting concept yeah. when you think about it, yeah. It's going to make me think about other western facing places and see if there's any other weird ties. Yeah, there's a correlation between them all. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be a connection of why people do... I swear I've heard before that, like, kind of what Paul was saying about how there were some people walking across this bridge or this height, and for some reason they were just looking over and they had an urge to like jump. They were mm. fine, but they just randomly thought, oh, what am I jumping in? Something like, yeah, strange. It is, it is definitely strange. I personally do not get that urge. Mm-mm. You know, I, I, I don't see a cliff or a high high spot and think, I, I could jump that. I, I just I just don't. I'm, I'm usually like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm terrified usually. Payments like, whoa. Yeah, like, I mean, I remember I, I climbed a rock wall, like, way back in, I think maybe, like, 10 years ago or whatever. And um, and I was doing really, really well. But then I, I turned around and, like, look at how high I had climbed and everything. And all of a sudden, I was like, that's it. I, I'm frozen in place. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to drop. I don't want to move. That's I'm just, this is this is where I am. Yeah, once, once the reality hits, yeah. you know, I don't get the urge to be like, ooh, you know, dive off. I'm just like, Ugh. I'm just, I'm just petrified, yeah, of the fall and everything, so... But it was true what you say because we, uh, when we, it was a surprise when we droned that coast mm. and we saw the extent of the overhang on the path. It is, is, it is drastically you know, deep, yeah. That cliff and the it's like, like being on a, it's like you wouldn't see it on land, you don't notice, yeah. you yeah. wouldn't have a clue. But if you see it from the sea looking back, oh. you can see it's like a snow corniche, you know, it's, it's oh, really it's carved out. Leaning over and underneath, the underneath it's really carved out under the path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your path is going across a stretch which is already carved out below you it's quite concave and you just when you see it it's, you it just really staggers you it's insane it, it can, it's quite incredible just go can't it oh yeah yep. yeah you, right. can, you can see that breaking away I absolutely mean, it's good solid rock but it is being chiseled away pretty effectively it is it's just crazy so we're going to carry on with the topic of giants we're going to talk about cormoran the giant and jack the giant killer i mean we, we've all heard about jack jack, and jack of the beanstalk exactly so that's that's nothing new but quite frankly i never knew like I don't know if this is the giant involved in that one, but uh, you know, to think that that giant in that you know kids kids book or however you want to describe it, he might have had a name, he might have had a family, and I'm like, oh, when I think about that, it really, you know, Jack Jack did Jack did a bad thing, tore down that beanstalk and really killed him. Right. Okay. So um, according to folklore, Cormoran the giant is said to have created the tidal island of Saint Michael's Mount. In the legend, he carries boulders across the sea from the mainland and is also helped by his wife. Cormillion, oh, they've got like the same name, who carries giant granite blocks in her apron. He would often walk across to the mainland at low tide and eat livestock and even men, women, and children. Mm. He caused so much trouble to the villagers that a reward of his treasure and possessions was offered to anyone who could stop him. A local farm boy named Jack was eager to help and swam across to the island at night. He spent the whole night digging a deep pit and in the morning woke Cormoran up with a start, goading him to chase after him. Cormoran, confused and groggy from being woken abruptly, chases Jack, but falls straight into the pit. Quick as a flash, Jack grabs the pickaxe and kills the giant instantly. The title of Jack the Giant Killer is born, and Jack will go on to fight many more giants. Oh, so it all began down there. Yeah, that's for some reason, Cornwall has a big affinity yeah, for giants. you find that in most of the stories. It's, it's so it's interesting. interesting. We don't know what kind of year this came from, by any chance. No. Hmm. No, like I said, a lot of these, I mean... God knows, God knows the the timelines that when any of these could have come out. You know, I mean, it's just it's just incredible what you can find. There's the Doom Bar of Padstow, the Mermaid of Zenor, the Beast of Bogman Moor. That's a bit oh, yeah. that'd be quite interesting to kind of cover. I mean, we have to right. That's a more recent one. 
You got a little bit about King Arthur we can talk about. There's like Corinius, the reason why Cornwall's named Cornwall. Why, why is Cornwall named Cornwall? Um, I should know this. Yeah, so so according to um according to, to the Corinius legend, uh, he was he was known as the founder and first Duke of Cornwall. And let's see, history of the kings of Britain. He's reported to be a great warrior and descendant of the Trojans. Following an encounter with Brutus, himself a descendant of Trojan prince, Corinius agrees to join Brutus in his search for Albion, placing himself second in command of the army. During a stop in Gaul for supplies, Corinius provokes King Gopharius by hunting in his forests and killing one of the king's ambassadors. This results in a costly war with both sides losing many men. He eventually defeats Gopharius by sneaking behind his men and launching an attack whilst they're already engaged in fighting Brutus and his forces. On landing on Albion, the men discover a number of giants roaming the land. How funny that it all keeps More coming giants. back to giants. They kill the majority but capture their leader, Gogmagog, to face Corinius in a wrestling match. The match takes place in Plymouth. Oh my god. With Corinius winning by throwing the giant off the nearby cliffs. Brutus renames Albion after himself, Britain, and Corinius is rewarded for his bravery with the gift of the Southwest, Cornwall. I have no idea. It's crazy yeah. to think the founder of Cornwall wrestled giants. But is that going to be completely factual? Oh, 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 oh of course. Of course, complete, giants, completely, maybe. completely factual, okay. obviously. Mm. Completely. They, they are the reason the Cornish have still have the Cornish language. Uh, you know, a lot of other kind of counties and stuff died out. Mm. Because Romans didn't get down far enough down here to really have an influence or to change anything. Uh, they did. So the Cornish did, language like I stuck. think they did come down here, but they... Yeah, like, I mean, it there. certainly explains some of the roads down here. <laughs> so, that's a that's a terrible. Everybody started coming down there. Like, oh, yeah. okay, they're, they're, yeah, they're like, no, no, this landscape's just no. We're done here. <laughs> There's straight roads here. God, so many giants. Because I mean, yeah, and then you still got Bolster. Obviously, like the reason for say Agnes yeah. being say Agnes. Actually, well, speaking just... of Bolster, I remember when I told Sophie about it, and uh, she had no idea. It was a Christmas light switch on. Yeah. And I remember I was like, oh, we'll go down there, be like a good, you know, good little album. And we walked down because like you get used to it, don't you? When you're a kid, you get used to the, the how it works. So Agnes, and then uh, all the drums started kind of you know banging Beating. really loudly. It was like it's and Sophie at some point she was just like, this is like a kind of some sort of ritual or it's yeah, it was really strange because it's like a Christmas parade, but there's a massive giant leading a procession, war drums in the background. It's it feels kind of dark when you think about it. Because you kind of brought up like young, you, you get that, used to that, it. Yeah, from, that, that's brought. Yeah, you, you're and that's the perspective. That. You see yeah. this massive giant parade, draggy, big war drums, and happy Christmas. Well, if that's the case, then you you guys should should know the uh, legend of Bolster quite well. Do you wanna do, do, do you wanna tell Take us? Well, oh, no, 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 Nathan, you're Nathan to, if he, he needs to cover any, it, you know, we'll, we'll jump in. Just saying, you guys <laughs> you guys have been exposed to it so much, but okay, yeah, fine. literally it's every single year. Yeah, yeah. It, it is literally every yeah. single year in Saint Agnes, yeah, specifically. No other place in Cornwall celebrates this festival like Saint Agnes yeah. does. I know. I think it wasn't his uh, bolster's wife tried to trick him because he was a very mean son of a gun. That's right, and um, and apparently tricked him, and then led him along the pathway chapel, chapel fourth where she then i think didn't she take a knife to him and cut him you, you're close it's something along, uh, we should really so, it should be ingrained okay so I think she asked him to fill the yeah fill some fill the yeah. cliff okay. up okay. with his blood yeah you're getting, you're getting there good job it just drained his blood basically because it just went out to the sea 
There well, was... that's that's right. So, um, so Bolster, just to give an idea of the perspective, the size of this giant, it uh, it says that he he could step one foot in St. Agnes and the other foot Umbrella. on Carambrea, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is six miles apart, yeah, which yeah, is just yeah. insane. You're like, ah, it's huge. <laughs> and um, and yeah, he was he was an absolute jerk to his wife, hilariously enough. And he fell in love with a woman from the village, which I think the village was called like Brianic or something at the time, not Agnes. Uh, right. And uh, her name was Agnes. And, uh, and he kept trying to like win her affection even though he was married because you know he's, he's a dick he's a giant he could just do what he wants and um, and so he kept trying to he kept trying and trying to win the affection of Agnes even though obviously she's a tiny human he's a massive giant and then uh, and then one day Agnes is you know the whole village is just like oh he just keeps wreaking havoc he's you know he's eating all the livestock he's killing people and stuff and you know his wife's always crying which floods you know these areas and stuff and so like, oh, it's just this is devastating you have to do something about this Agnes you have like a control over him she goes okay I've got an idea so she talks to him and, she, and she's like look if you really want my affection then uh, then there's something you need to do for me and he goes oh yeah I'll, I'll do anything and she goes I need you to fill this uh, it was like a, it was like a cavern over by Chapel Port she says I need yeah, you to fill this cool. hole up with your blood and if you do that then I'll be yours forever and he goes oh yeah that'll be no problem you know it's just this little dinky hole what's that gonna do but because that hole connects with the sea he kept filling it and filling it but it would never fill all the way up and eventually he just he died yeah, just trying to fill it up with his blood quite dark it's quite a dark story especially yeah. when you learn it at a young age exactly yeah, you, you learn it from, pri uh, yeah. from primary school or even uh, before primary school it's just it's just crazy it's absolutely crazy some of the stuff that you know you can find down here about Cornwall because obviously there's there's like legends of King Arthur that are connected with Tintagel yeah, yeah. and uh uh oh god what's the, what's the name of that it's i've got it just here castle andinas which is also connected to, to him but that's like a big massive plateau i don't quite know how that connects with king arthur but it's it's just it's fascinating the amount of legends and stories down there it is just like a fairy tale land half the time but it's also full of hard-working like miners fishermen you know people who just work with their hands they just get on with live farming and you know it's, it's just absolutely incredible absolutely incredible the whole different dynamic of cornwall compared to most of the rest of the world it's just it, it's, it does feel like it's its own little world doesn't it it does because when you venture out into the big cities every like once every couple of years or so because that's too much <laughs> yeah, you get, yeah. it's just it's it feels it's different just, it's I completely the first different. time i went up to london like london and like walking around down in Cornwall it's always normal to like see some random stranger and be like oh how's it going what's on <laughs> all that try that in London you yeah no you get the yeah anybody will talk to you down here anytime it's very, very friendly place very easy you might not understand them but they will they will totally talk to you easy yeah. to strike up conversation anywhere anytime yeah it's, it's absolutely it's very like relaxed and that's very unlike a lot of the rest of the world these days it's very true which or, I think now which I think now is why like so many people want to move down there because it is a nice it's hard and at times because it's so seasonal mm. but it is a nice place to live it's not oh, absolutely I mean if, if you can make it happen down yeah, there, you know yeah. you're living the lush life yeah. you've got all the, the beautiful countryside that you can check out I mean you can, you can walk pretty much anywhere I mean, coast that, to coast yeah. if you wanted to exactly or... you know the coastal path alone yeah. is, is such a big selling point you know it's, it's just insane you bring all those kind of population pressures down here though and that number of people and you will lose that exactly. oh, yeah. magic of it that's yeah. already happening though like St Agnes without a doubt it used to be like a real nice quaint little village I understand definitely people need houses and all that 
But it'd be nice if they kind of kept them in the same style, same look. So it all just looked like an extension of St. Agnes. Because now when you're driving in, there's literally, as you're driving into Aggie, on the other side, you can see this huge white block of like, like a tower block being built. Well, yeah, we've just, just been discussing that yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, so that's right. Oh, just, yeah, it's getting kind of ruined. Right, so I'll move us on to another story. We're going to talk about the Doom Bar of Padstow. Hmm. So, this legend has a few different versions, but the outcome is always the same. A curse placed on the harbour by the mermaid of Padstow. It begins with the mermaid sitting on a rock. One version of the tale is that a man passing by falls in love with her, but when she rejects his marriage proposal, he shoots her in retaliation. Another version told is that the mermaid falls in love with the man and tries to lure him underwater. In order to escape, the man is forced to shoot the mermaid. On both occasions, the mermaid enacts her revenge by cursing the harbour with a bar of doom. On that evening, a terrible storm rages, and when it subsides, by the morning, there is a sandbar covered with the wrecks of ships and men who had lost their lives. The doom bar is still renowned as a dangerous place for passing ships and has accounted for over 600 shipwrecks. <laughs> wow. That's quite a lot. And uh, more recently, it has inspired the name of the UK's most popular cascale, doom bar. How about that? Doombar has a really, really messed up history behind it. Oh. I mean, I, I, I kind of figured it was like it. a sandbar or something like yeah. that, but I mean, yeah. to, to think there's an actual like specific one. Dang, that's crazy. That's normal for a bar to be... I mean, quite dangerous, yeah. Specific, but they will tend to shift around a bit because they usually want a sort of fairly sandy sort of base. Oh. And they'll, they'll just up there where the river meets the sea, they will move around and you never quite know, um, you know, where the... Where the bar is and its extent, its depth, and often they have to be dredged as well. So oh, that might have explained what was happening. Because when we went over there pre-lockdown, like every time we went, the bar was there. Like it never shifts; it's just exposed in the same place every single time. Mm. But when we went there last time, we saw like yeah, about two or three big diggers just yeah. digging everything up, dredging it out. And see, there, that's normal. So that's where you've got your marked channel for all the ships up and down there. Uh, the estuary there and uh, your bar will be shifting around uh, and will shift quite a lot with the Atlantic storms that we get you already see the oh, yes. man of sand that moves around on all the beaches so it'll be uh, re-dredged and re-dredged to keep that channel going crazy yeah that's good though good little good little lesson there yeah. yeah, can't go wrong with that. We're educational here as well, you know? We're teaching we, you. We try to be. Yeah, we, we, we do try to, yeah. You never know when you need to dredge, okay? You can say you learn it from us. Mostly Paul. I feel like there's a pun there somewhere. Maybe like Judge Dredge. Don't, don't dredge on, Dan. Jesus, we've got stories to say, okay? <laughs> the Mermaid of Zenor. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Mermaids are always cool. In St. Zenora's Church in Zenor, is a 600-year-old wooden bench with an image carved into the wood of a woman with long, flowing hair. In one hand she holds a mirror, and in the other she holds a comb. The bench is known as the mermaid chair, and the woman depicted is known as the mermaid of Zenner. According to legend, many years ago, a beautiful, mysterious woman suddenly started attending the church service in Zenner. She did not live in the village, and no one had any clue where she came from. A local man, Matthew Trowella, we even get a name and everything, Enamored by her beauty, and encouraged by the woman glancing over and smiling at him, resolved to talk to her and find out more about her. After one church service, Matthew followed the woman towards the cliffs but was never seen again. A few years later, a ship anchored not far, but oddly moved its position only minutes later. That's weirdly weird. 
The captain of the ship attended the church service in Zenner and had a most unusual tale to tell the congregation. Not long after setting anchor, the captain heard a beautiful voice calling out to him. A mermaid appeared from the water and asked if he could move the anchor as it had blocked the door to her house, leaving her husband and children stuck inside. Leave, she revealed that she was the mermaid who had visited Zenner years ago before and had married Matthew. The churchgoers commemorated this event by carving the image of the mermaid in the bench she sat in when she visited the church. Mm. Well, that's different. Mm. I didn't know that mermaids would uh, would go to church. That's so they just. I didn't. She, she, yeah, she was religious, and it didn't. It didn't mention whether she, you know, constantly attended the church. It must maybe just like a couple of couple of times she did it enough to have Matthew interested. That's a. Yeah, and then houses underwater. I mean, I'd never thought, you know, with doors and everything. You know, I thought maybe just like caves and things, but that's, you know, kind of changes the little mermaid story for me a little bit. Yeah, that's just that's just interesting. Could have shifted his anchor and dropped it again, and then put on someone else's house again. <laughs> ah. oh, I guess, and then yeah, had a different yeah. mermaid come out, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many mermaids would have been yeah. down there? Yeah, I mean, is there any one, or is there a few neighbors? Exactly right. That's <laughs> just, just just the yeah, one yeah. house, you know, just just the one house underwater. I wonder if she's just the one. That's why she came on shore to grab a guy. You know, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing down there. I wonder if she's got like any you know any friends that come to visit her or anything. You know, I mean, how, how do you? I don't know. The, the more the more I try to figure that out, the, the more I've just it's just, it's just too much. Do you reckon she had like a pet weaver fish or <laughs> <laughs> weaver fish? Or... That's true. I mean, what else, what else would you have underwater with you? You can't really have, like, television or anything. I mean, what, what would you be doing under there? Just always making, like, seashell charms and shit? I, I, just, I guess that's probably what she did. I just, I just, the more I think about it, you cannot really do anything if you're living under... What, what could you, I'm, I'm thinking too much about it. Let's see. I've got the, uh, the unsettling story of the Red Witch who terrorized miners and cursed Cornwall villagers. Mm. Let's see... Uh, according to disturbing stories, the figure of the woman appears every night at Kenidzek, now known as Kenidjack, near St. Just's. The apparition was seen numerous times, standing by a well in the dark, in chilling silence. I guess Anthony just, uh, <laughs> just didn't want to tell anybody that he's, yep. he's off. Well, he can cut this out, it's fine. She was described as the ghost of an evil witch who tormented villagers in the past and continued to haunt the area at night. The unsettling soul was even put in a book. That's crazy. We don't have to talk about the book, though. On the tract called Gump, near Kenidzek, is a beautiful well of clear water, not far from which was a miner's cot, in which dwelt two miners with their sister. They told her never, go, never to go to the well after daylight, they would fetch the water for her. However, on one Saturday night, she had forgotten to get in a supply for the morrow, so she went off to the well. Passing by a gap in a broken down hedge, called a gurgo, oh, I didn't know that, near the well she saw an old woman sitting down wrapped in a red shawl. She asked her what she did there at that time of night, but received no reply. She thought this rather strange, but plunged her pitcher in the well. When she drew it up, though a perfectly sound vessel, it contained no water. She tried again and again, and though she saw the water rushing in at the mouth of the pitcher, it was sure to be empty when lifted out. Sounds like you got a hole in your bucket then, yeah? She then became rather frightened, spoke again to the old woman, but received no answer, hastened away and came in great alarm to her brothers. They told their sister that the Red Witch was precisely the reason they did not want her to go to the well at night. Oh yeah, it sounds like she's a bit of a bit of a jerk, just, you know, Oh, you've come to get water! <laughs> I'm a witch, you're not getting any! What she saw was the ghost of old Mole, a witch who had been a great terror to the people in her lifetime, and had laid many fearful spells on them. They said they saw her sitting in the gap by the wall every night when going to bed. Well, that's quite... Ah, just, just ends there. Oh, oh that was pretty abrupt. 
yeah, it was pretty breathtaking. Well, that's that's quite interesting. A, a red witch who just was an absolute just just a villain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's oh maybe maybe she wasn't a witch. Maybe they got the letters wrong and it was a ah yeah. ah yeah yeah no, fe- female so, dog. Yeah, you it. could you could no, totally be fine. right. You could absolutely be right about that. I don't know. It's just out of like everything to do as a witch <laughs> it's just you know you could probably like you know properly curse villagers and really you know scare people and stuff but she just spends her night sitting at a well making sure people don't get water that just doesn't make any sense that's just like the the the, the worst use of your powers if you ask me absolute <laughs> absolutely worthless <laughs> she's probably sitting there you know they sees them put the bucket down on the well they're getting it tied up and she's just under there just Drilling a little hole in it real quick. Do you, do you reckon, do you reckon <laughs> I the song as a hole in my bucket, dear Liza? You, you know what? That, that's where the song came that's, from. That's it, it. All connects now. It's that's spooky. That's super spooky, Dan. Uh, come on, Anthony. Come on, Anthony. We need to talk about the beast of Bodmin. This is a subject here. Well, I, I just, fi- I just, well, I, I have no idea. But I just figured he'd wanna, he just wanna be involved. I think he'll be a. Uh, in a second. I hope so. You just, just pressed <laughs> That's what it gets, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll talk about the Beast of Bombing more, and then we'll talk a bit about that Cold War bunker, because I think that's pretty cool. Uh, let me see if I can. Oh, yeah, right there. Boom. Perfect. What was the gold price for that again? Like 25 grand? That's right, yeah. 25,000. I wonder if it's been sold yet. I don't know. Well, I'm, not, I'm not saying we'll be able to buy it. it? Uh, oh, is it? Is it not? I think it's auction. Or was that, unless it just said that's the guide price. It might be. I haven't read this yet. Built in 1961. You got a date and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, held. It's an auction held online in February. Okay, that's that's cool. If we can sell all the candles before then. Yeah, we'll just we'll just uh, save up some time, and that'll be our HQ. There yeah. you go. We'll keep all the beds in. There's three. That's perfect. Old bunk beds remain in the bunker. That's so just be... Apparently, there's going to be loads of them around. Like, it will be bunkers, but they've just either overgrown, no one knows about them, or. There were loads in the World War. Yeah. Two. It must be mm. just to protect from bombing, so everybody had them in there. Was it one every village? Was it one? No, no, no. no. I mean, they've been houses and they've had them in the back garden. Yeah, I I think it would depend naturally exactly if if people had like enough money to to make their own or, you know, I know like what, there was like an old post office that had a big bunker underneath it to like get a bunch of people in it and things. So I guess it just depends, yeah. Yeah, I've been in one of a private house before. Yeah, I don't even know where it is, but it's quite deep down, very corrugated sort of steel sheet. Oh, and yeah, that's just part of it. Just at the, at the end of somebody's garden, yeah. That's pretty good. Cool. Oh, that was a Second World War. Yeah, bunker. Yeah. It's a Cold War. That's 1947 onwards. So. Yeah. But it says it was built in 61. Uh, the Cold War, you know, is more nuclear focused. So. Yeah. Well, the, 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 terror, the terror of nuclear war. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. never really happened, but yeah. No, no, but the bunkers, <laughs> bunkers would have been, you know, built in relation to that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Not in relation to the ordinary ordnance so just typical like missiles and stuff yeah so whether that would have been an effective bunker i don't know because it's <laughs> would have to be deep and very well kitted out with yeah lots of good supplies of various kinds well it says you have to go down uh 14 feet it's quite deep down so it's not yeah so uh, i don't know how effective it would have been but it, i mean it probably would have helped 
Mm, would have helped some, right? You're gonna find listening back to this quite funny. Yeah, we, we kept it going and we were we were talking and yeah. So it's up to you whether you keep that in, but we would recommend you definitely check it over. Yeah, cool. Just, everything good? You get your. Did you get your sandwiches. Those sandwiches, pasty. pasty. Uh, just just pasty. the one pasty. No, two pasties. Two pasties. Two there we go. Worth. Yeah. Not, not going to no, no, that's just one day's worth. No, that's just, yeah, pasty two, in the morning, two, pasty yeah. in the yeah. evening. I'm, I'm, I'm Cornish full fruit. Yeah. 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 This is a very relevant conversation. <laughs> that can cool stay in. That. <laughs> I, I, I cannot have a day without a pasty. I don't know why. <laughs> that's because you'll you'll get sick otherwise. You're gonna end up you know the rules. You're going to have a perfectly like crimped spine. Reverse hunchback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. yeah we, we we talked about a red witch who uh, who terrified people. It it wasn't a brilliant story, if I'm honest. It just she, she, like she, did, she was like messing with people's buckets. Yeah, just being a bit of a jerk. Putting holes in them. Nothing, nothing amazing, really. Oh, don't don't get water at mm-hmm. night, or else the witch won't let you. That's that's what that's what the story was about. Oh well, that's not yeah. Yeah, so we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to talk about Beast of Bodmin more now, because you know that's that's more that's more recent yeah, and relevant, which and is it's it's kind of more real, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. There, yeah, like there I'm was one that came up but... the other day about the lady uh, of the lake. No, the lady that got pushed up against the car. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you say that came up the other day? Was that one I told you about? Yeah, yeah. Like, that came up a few months back, should I say? Yeah, yeah. She got mauled by a big cat yeah. trying so to get into her car or something. Yeah, so many sightings. I mean, I did see one which I think Cornwall Live put up the other day, and it said like, "Man spots giant cat in back garden" or something like that. <laughs> and you look at it, and it's really, really, really blurred. So it's like this, you can't tell. And then you kind of you manage to like just focus in on it a little bit, and you can tell it's just like a domestic black cat, just <laughs> probably looking for some fish. What a bloody big cat that is! Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, there's been loads of sightings. Absolutely. No, it's probably, it's probably even because it's it's almost like the Bigfoot phenomenon where people put up yeah. videos and pictures yeah. and they're like, oh, I've seen it, I've seen it. And you don't know if they've actually seen it or, you know, although with this one, I mean, there there, are, there is some kind of big cat in Cornwall. So there, there is a truth to this story. I was speaking about the other day how, you know, back in, was it 60s, 70s? Like, you could do animals and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it, 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 it says uh, it says uh, 1978. Oh, yeah. uh, there, there have been stories that three pumas moved from Plymouth Zoo to Dartmoor Zoo in 1978 and never arrived at their new home. Uh, Could that explain the sightings? Because <gasps> yeah, there's that, and then there was another which had a, there was a guy who had this like zoo down, like personal for himself really, mm. down around those areas, and um, and apparently when the laws changed about you couldn't have exotic animals as pets, which he did because it wasn't like a public zoo or anything. Instead of you know trying to contact some sort of like sanctuary or something, or something like that, yeah. Yeah, he was just like, <laughs> "Be right, free, see you later. go, <laughs> open the cages and let them yeah. out." <laughs> and there's no reason because like there was the this woman who was talking about them uh, from Red Roof who was like an expert to uh, study like animal tracking in Africa and all that, and she was saying they could like there's a strong possibility if like two of them managed to like breed or whatever. Um, they could happily last out there there's so much food there's big lakes everywhere there's mm. perfect habitat yeah, yeah it's, it's perfect who would have thought Podman Moor full of big cats and I remember speaking because we were over we went for a drive over that way oh well, no I think we come down from Somerset or something and Somerset Somerset and uh, we saw these like massive woods like big woodland and I was just like oh, let's just drive over there and see like, see what's around and then uh, we were walking through these woods and still it was on the edge of like Bodmin 
walking through these woods and you looked in it and it was just like pitch black darkness like it was super creepy super creepy mm. and i was telling sophie about the beast of bobman and like there's maybe the big cat prowling around and, and we both started getting a bit scared like, i scared myself because i was like this looks like a pretty good spot for big cats to, you know, to, to be. And it turns um, out it was a pretty good spot. And then we just spot. walked around the corner and we heard this like, it sounded like claws tapping and we were like looking at each other. And then we saw this massive like black thing running at us and we were like, oh, it's a beast of Bob. And it wasn't, it was just a dog. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was so relieved, so relieved. I thought you relieved yourself too, didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. you? <laughs> Oh my god, it's 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 such a it's it's such a crazy thing to think about, you know. Because I mean, I know I know I myself because I I like the idea of uh, especially mythology and cryptozoology and you know oh what is this creature yeah. and stuff. Because uh, like like I brought up the Bigfoot or you've got like alien ideas and stuff like that. I've always liked the idea of going on a hunt for those and seeing if, what evidence you can capture and and everything. But I think when it comes to the beast of Bobman, it's like well he's been sighted. Like almost all over Cornwall. How yeah, on where do you earth find? And would then, you and then find if you, him? If you do manage to track him down, and it is a big ass panther, black cat thing. What are you gonna what do? What happens? Like, uh, he's, he's not just gonna let you take a picture or something, and then you, you're gonna go yeah. on your merry way. If I'm looking, be like, be like right, you know, it, I can't let anybody know. Thing, it? <laughs> well, you just you're gonna just die, aren't you? You can't really just give him a scratch behind the ear. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, you could you could do that. Yeah, I will let we will let you do that. that. Yeah. 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 Come here, come on, come on. <laughs> I've got a bit of pasty if you want me. I'll take your whole hand oh. off, yeah. probably your whole arm off. God, he might eat you whole. Most probably. <laughs> it's worth a look. You just so, you just so confident. I mean, you probably would. We can yeah. try it then. We'll go out there. We'll we'll watch it. Yeah. like a fishing rod and just cast him out into the moors. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we wanted to see the moors anyway, so it might as well, you yeah. know, make a full on. Yeah. That is like a trek. It is a massive place, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You'd have to get up at like three in the morning, drive up there. Probably have to like camp out there or something. That'd probably be easier. Yeah. Which I mean, we'll, we'll look into it because that's that, that's a fun. There's idea. a lot of there's so many myths and legends and stuff about the moors. Hmm. Well, that that'll be a whole other podcast yeah. episode. The rate's going, then we'll and there's talk. another place as well, which is on. I think it's Dartmoor. Um, the the beast yeah, of Dartmoor, Dartmoor. <laughs> Dartmoor the dragon Dartmoor of Dartmoor Dale, Dartmoor prison mm. oh, yeah. which is super super airy I think it was abandoned for quite a while because uh, it was just becoming so run down so we need to go and explore that maybe that'd be cool I'd, I'd be down for that absolutely we'll down for some I, th I think there's um I think there's a hospital somewhere over by Bodmin that would be would be quite cool to check out as well that one's also abandoned but you, you can get into it oh. yeah so that's that's worth it i think that'd be quite exciting right should we um should we talk a little bit about the owl man yeah, oh the owl man. man have you heard about that no, 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 no. Oh, the owl man morden yeah. smith isn't it is that is that right morden morden cornwall sorry i was just trying to pull it up so i didn't know if you guys knew anything else about it. oh yeah morden smith you're right been scaring holidaymakers for a hundred years oh my god all the way back to the 1920s mm. he's been cited that's crazy a remote church in Cornwall is said to be the home of a half-man, half-owl creature, which has been terrifying locals and holidaymakers since the 1920s. St. Monon and St. Stephen's Church, located about a mile from the village centre of Monon Smith, is a peaceful church surrounded by woods and boasting a breathtaking sea view. But according to Cornish folklore, it has been haunted by a human-sized owl with large wings, long claws, and glowing eyes for a century. 
beast is known as the Owlman of Mormon Smith. First sighting of the Owlman was only reported in April 1976. It said that two teenage girls on holiday with their parents in Mormon Smith walked down to the old and remote church more than a mile from the village center. On the top of the church tower, they saw what was described as a terrifying bird man with wings and feathers. The story says that they were so scared by the sighting that the father decided to put an end to their holidays and leave Cornwall immediately. Oh my Whoa. god! I mean, that is pretty, that is pretty terrifying. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm not a dad, but I, could you put yourself in that? What, shoes? What, what, I mean, I suppose that's that is at the same time reasonable. If you're, you know, I mean, one child might lie, but if both of them said like the same bizarro story, I suppose you'd have to kind of believe it, right? I, I don't know. Obviously, or maybe maybe he was really like hating a trip down here. And he just wanted any reason now. to leave. Yeah. Scared <laughs> he climbed up on the uh, yeah. church, though, yeah. and just was like, yes, I'll just scare the shit out of them with my new owl <laughs> costume. Yeah, he, he just picked up, just made an owl costume. It it's just insane, isn't it? But no, it is a creepy story, and I remember I've had a cricket game down at Morgan Smith, and um, I was only young, probably like, you know, 23, 24, and um, no, I was like 14, 13, 14, and uh, I think my dad told me about the owl man, and then I ended up just searching everything about it and yeah and then had the cricket match the day after or so yeah. and I remember I was looking down because it was near the church and I remember looking down He's constantly all the hedges like, and oh, I kept an eye out constantly <laughs> yeah, and then every time you enjoying I like the cricket sport, Dan? Was like, Dan? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah Dan cricket's <laughs> fun yeah <laughs> can I borrow your noculars oh. <laughs> I mean it's, it's cool because then it makes me think of like uh, especially you know growing up in the states there was like the, the Mothman and I, I think they had their own kind of owl man version. Well, the Mothman was he just constantly smashing into lights all the time? Just, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> no, it was. It was. Oh God, I, don't, I don't remember the story really that much. But it was just. He was basically just a, a giant man with massive wings that would like uh, you know fly after people and stuff. And then um, and then there was like the, the Jersey Devil and you've got Yetis and Sasquatches oh, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So oh, like yeah, uh, yeah. you know I, I love those like yeah, super bizarre stories. Being like oh who the, who comes up with this? You know it's like, <laughs> it just sounds like it's it's too crazy. But it's like well you know I mean that's, that's quite interesting though. I'm I'm quite curious to see what they found, especially when they're like oh we've got pictures and stuff. You're like all oh, right I'm I'm oh, into it that. now. Yeah, yeah. I got I got to see what you found. That's great. But has there only been any like photographs of the salmon? Um Do I know? don't know actually. I haven't seen them pop up. Uh, let's see. I'll see if I've got any pictures of it. I've got pictures of just the church and the woods. I swear as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure there was a journalist who heard about the Alman. I swear he's from America as well. I wouldn't be I'm surprised. Sure, I heard that he came over to like uh, have a look into it, and then apparently, yeah, he stayed down there for like a day or two days. Had some sort of like weird experience. I think he saw it or something, and then just got straight back on the plane and bolted. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Let's see. At the time, all eyes turned to the village, and the discovery made the national headlines. The Owlman was quickly branded a hoax when people realized that all reports led back to one man, magician and paranormal researcher Tony Doc Shields. At the time, the mysterious man was having a moment of glory for taking part in a project to find and invoke monsters. He also allegedly saw the Loch Ness Monster and took a picture of it. He lived in St. Ives. Oh. oh, and now he, oh, now he lives in Ireland. Okay. Um, so it's probably just just tone just Maybe? messing about I don't know oh hang on uh, ooh. last year a ghost hunter from Falmouth claimed he spotted the owl man and that his friend got attacked by it okay so we got some, we got really? some newer stuff okay Mark Davies was in the graveyard with his friend Chris Power 36 from Manchester 
Mark said there's ley lines which are under the ground near the church and they give off paranormal activity. There was a hissing in the trees and you could hear flapping. I heard it go right over my head and I was shocked. That's when I saw the figure and it had horns on its head. It was mad. On the meter I had, which picks up electric magnetic energy that we use to detect ghosts, I was getting conscious replies to my questions through it. That's telling me there's a demonic energy and it wasn't safe. My mate got attacked, he had scratches on his arm, his camera broke too. He didn't see anything, he just felt this surge of energy. He didn't realise till about half an hour later when he felt some burning. It's not a place I would advise anyone to go there alone, let's put it that way. Okay, well that's, that's quite that's interesting. interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I just wonder, because obviously they had cameras and stuff, I wonder if, I wonder if they've got... There must be proof, surely yeah, they must be something, right? They would have got yeah, something. I mean, you wouldn't just... Especially if you heard that it could have possibly just been a big... I mean... All of these could be hoaxes at the end of the day, but you know, if you're properly investigating it and you have an experience, you can't just say that and then I don't see any pictures or video about it. I mean, come on. Well, that's pretty cool. I like I like the idea of the owl man. I don't know if I've really got any other stories at the moment. No, that's that was my current list that I've made. That's pretty good. That's, that's quite a lot. It's, it's, it's quite an amount, yeah. The main, the main myths and legends covered. Pretty much, because I, I would have liked to have done King Arthur, but I think that's that's, that's a whole lot yeah, more. That's a big... It is, it is a big, big subject and topic to cover. That's a into that. Exactly, so I don't, I don't think we were quite ready for that. Then there's uh, obviously also the St. Angus Cold War bunker up for sale, which uh, Dan hilariously said that we should buy it for our HQ. But uh, as you can, funder coming yeah. soon. So uh, it's it's twenty five thousand pounds. So if anybody wants to uh, help us out with that, we will buy it if we have the money. Wasn't that one of our first exploring videos was, yeah. we put up? I mean, that would just be hilariously ideal then if it was like one of the first bunkers that we went to, and then it turns out now we own it. That would be, be just full circle, wouldn't it? I mean, that was like what, like a year ago? I think we started this whole this whole mess of us just that a year ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Roughly, it might have been like I don't know. It was like September 2019, so a little over a year. That's crazy, That's isn't it? Point. I mean, we we have done quite a bit of stuff since then. Yeah. I mean, look at us. We're we're talking through a microphone now. Just um, <laughs> the future. We're set up. Yeah, we're <laughs> so much more hardcore exploring. <laughs> Well, we hope you guys have really enjoyed it. We've we've had a nice little time exploring a bit of Cornish folklore and mythology. And uh, let us know what you want to see for the next one. All right, you take care. Goodbye.